Chapter Twenty Two of Zophia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Zophia by Charlotte Dacker. Chapter Twenty Two on a lovely morning early in spring the party descending the steps of st mark's embarked on the brenta for the apennines victoria seated by the side of bresna administered to him the tenderest the most deceitful attentions the fair and beautiful lilla with her long flaxen tresses almost veiling her fairy form seated by the side of henrique caught the soft breathings of his love and without looking upon him felt the warm glances of his eyes which thrilled with voluptuous tenderness her innocent soul the aged signora proud to be among the youthful party though of little interest to any save her orphan charge sat contented in the enjoyment of others for venerable age but rarely attracts the portion of consideration which is due to it sophia towering as a demigod with his plumed and turbaned head his dark form contrasted and embellished by his bracelets of pearl and by the snowy hue of his garments was stationed near the stern of the vessel and ravished the surrounding party with his exquisite harmony to which even the undulating waves in the rapt ear of enthusiastic fancy appeared to keep respectful music never was fatal journey performed under fairer auspices never with fonder triumph did the bridegroom conduct his long-loved mistress to the altar than the poor bresna conducted to his solitude among mountains the faithless victoria he saw no solitude when she was by to him she was the peopled world of pleasure and in the fullness of his exhilarated heart he blessed the moment which by visiting him with sickness restored him as he thought the affections of a wife he had feared was lost to him to be brief their journey concluded and arrived at torre alto victoria observed herself with a gloomy and secret delight enclosed within the profoundest solitudes for no town no hamlet was even near the castella of berneza which was situated in a deep valley on the borders of a forest on either side huge rocks towered above its loftiest spires and half embosomed it in terrible but majestic sublimity while no sound disturbed the solemn silence of the scene but the fall of the impetuous cataract as it tumbled from the stupendous acclivity into the depth below 
or the distant sound of the vesper bell tolling solemn from the nearest convent with at times when the wind blew towards the castle the murmuring peal of the lofty sounding organ caught at intervals in the breeze seeming more like the mysterious music of the spirits of the air than sounds from mortal haunts here then said victoria as on the morning after her arrival she gazed from her chamber window upon the beautifully terrific scenery and the immeasurable waste of endless solitude which composed it here then without danger may i pursue the path leading to the summit of my wishes no prying eye can pierce through here the secret movements which to compass my soul's desire may be requisite hail then to these blissful solitudes hail to them since they perhaps may first witness the rich harvest of my persevering love and for such a love perish perish all that may oppose it while thus she continued her eyes indeed wandering wildly over the world of mountains but her thoughts far far beyond them she was roused by the mild voice of Beresna, who gently seizing her arm smiling inquired the subject of her reverie a faint blush suffused the gilt-bronzed cheek of victoria as in a low voice she merely replied i was contemplating the grandeur of the surrounding scenery my lord and do you know beloved victoria replied berniza that i fancy my health already improved from the effects of our journey this beautiful seclusion and these pure airs victoria felt that this idea of Bernessa's was indeed mere fancy for well she knew that on the preceding evening unrestrained by his fatigue the circumstances of the moment or the pallid cheek of Bernessa, she had administered to him his death dealing draught the bare assertion however that he did not feel ill disturbed her for the moment and she secretly resolved that in the next draught she would mingle more of the poison for the present however she accompanied him from the window and joined the party already assembled at breakfast persevering with restless barbarity ere the ten days were concluded victoria had administered to the conte the last atom of the poison she therefore as evening came on wandered forth in hopes of encountering the moor with whom since her arrival at torre alto she had scarcely found an opportunity of conversing she took her way across the almost pathless forest for the deeper and more gloomy the solitude the more probable she thought it that zoflia would choose it for his haunt accordingly she had not proceeded far 
er as if informed by sympathetic influence of her wishes she beheld the stately moor issuing from a break among the trees directly across her path she called to him aloud when slightly bowing he arrested his steps till she came up with him impatience to begin on subjects more important prevented her from remarking the cool and haughty conduct of zophia who instead of proceeding rapidly to meet her had contented himself with awaiting her arrival at the spot where he stood sophia she said as she took his arm and walked rapidly onwards can you not at once deliver me from the tortures i endure having embarked thus far my soul is sick of the delay i therefore implore if you desire to serve me that you will do it speedily and effectually senora answered the moor gravely your movements have already outstepped my directions and your precipitancy has gone near to defeat your views the present illness of the conti is of a nature to induce gradual and ultimate dissolution there's nothing in its appearance which in the common course of things could warrant the event of sudden death such an occurrence therefore would give immediate rise to suspicion with every color of justice on its side behold therefore and pardon my abruptness he added here is that which will cause considerable change in the conti seven days will exhaust it but it must not be exhausted in a shorter period moreover senora i warn you that if my directions are in the smallest title infringed you weaken the power by which i act and destroy the effect which strict adherence to the rules laid down can alone produce then giving a small paper into the hands of victoria with distant air he bowed his head and striking immediately into the deep recesses of the wood became lost to her view singular being thought victoria as with slow and meditating steps she retook her path towards the castella how happens it that with a thousand questions to ask him i find time to ask him nothing and with a thousand inquiries to make respecting himself my tongue refuses in his presence to perform its office and i remain unsatisfied thus reflecting she increased her pace for the darkest shadows of evening were beginning to fall as she approached the castle she beheld coming as if to seek her the youthful henrique unconscious object of the devouring flame that consumed her at sight of him her heart throbbed 
and various emotions filled her breast i come signora he cried as he drew near at the desire of my brother he became impatient at your absence perhaps apprehensive at this late hour and entreated that i would seek and accompany you home a task said victoria in a reproachful accent which you would rather have been spared no indeed senora coolly though politely answered henrique to give a moment's ease to the bosom of a beloved brother to attend to his last request and gratify even his most insignificant wishes i could never deem a task to wish for me was indeed an insignificant wish gloomily observed victoria i said not so senora as he spoke the foot of victoria striking against a point of projecting stone she stumbled henrique instinctively caught her arm victoria snatched it away resentfully and while tears almost started to her eyes she said no matter senor henrique no matter to you if i fall good heavens senora why should you think thus how have i given rise to so unjust a surmise you know you know you hate in an agitated voice cried victoria thrown entirely off her guard henrique looked towards her with surprise and at a loss what to reply bowed with an embarrassed air victoria remained silent for a few moments and then in a calmer voice resumed had the conti desired you to seek lilla with what alacrity would you have obeyed ah returned henrique with animation who could have reminded me to seek lilla since my eyes accustomed to dwell upon her would so soon have missed their wonted delight victoria scowled with mingled rage and jealousy upon henrique but he looked not towards her and if he had the hour had been almost too dark for him to distinguish the expression of her countenance which was so terrible it might almost have been felt by inspiration by degrees however she quelled the violence of her sensations and in a smothered voice observed henrique you love lilla love he emphatically refiled i adore her i idolize her she is the light of my eyes the sunshine of my soul the spring which actuates my existence without her life to me would be a dreary blank and if fate snatched her from me in this world i would die yes hasten to die 
that my soul might rejoin her in the next and my body repose by her pure form in the grave oh madness madness muttered victoria and involuntarily grasped henrique by the arm senora are you ill he cried instantly stopping no 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 but i was almost on the point of falling again she answered grasping for breath and in that instant she wavered whether the powder she retained in her bosom should not be destined to lilla rather than berniza while this idea crossed her mind she beheld the innocent girl bounding towards them through the gloom seeming like an aerial spirit seen by the dubious light scarcely appearing in its delicate movements to touch the ground instantly the rage of her bosom changed into laughing contempt she felt her least power could at any time annihilate this the most fragile of nature's productions and disdain herself that she had even cast a thought upon an atom so insignificant henrique flew instantly to meet her victoria slowly followed and altogether entered the castle the render lilla with her right hand holding one of victoria's and passing the left round her waist proceeding to the room where bernicia awaited them they found him stretched at length upon a sofa which being of crimson colour added a more deadly tinge to the paleness of his complexion as soon as he beheld victoria he stretched forth his hand to her and exclaimed oh my love whither have you been i have been wishing for my tender nurse to make me a glass of lemonade i have been walking in the forest my love replied victoria and i went further than i intended but let me hasten to prepare your drink so saying she quitted the room and in a few moments returned with a glass of lemonade into which she had already infused a sufficient quantity of poison its additional force discomfited as at first the debilitated stomach of the unfortunate bresna for he had drunk it all with avidity complaining of faintish sickness he motioned for victoria to sit beside him and leaning his head upon her faithless bosom seemed presently overcome by a profound sleep soon however it became disturbed and interrupted by convulsive catchings that innocent breath which issued from his lips and passed over the face of victoria spoke no reproach to her remorseless bosom a feverish glow passed over her cheek and now was succeeded by a deadly paleness now his hand involuntarily shook 
and now different parts of his body yielded to a tremendous convulsion his lips quivered his eyelids became agitated by a nervous motion and he half opened his eyes over which there appeared a dimness like a thin film again the heart of victoria yielded to selfish terror lest she had administered too powerful a dose of the poison Beresna, however was not awake though his eyes remained half open she took his burning hand and actuated by her fears strongly pressed it the action recalled in a moment the fleeting senses of berenice he started and opened his eyes from which the film vanished then perceiving the false victoria bending over him the complaint he was about to utter died upon his lips and fearful of giving uneasiness to her who was deliberately consuming his life he even repressed the look of anguish straining it into a tender smile and smothered the sigh of agony which was bursting from his bosom dear Beresna, you are ill cried victoria gazing with dissembled fondness in his face only a little languid my beloved answered he a few glasses of wine will reanimate me so saying he rose endeavoring to conceal the access of weakness of which he became sensible from the eyes of every one but more particularly from those of victoria and requesting they might repair to the supper-room he was that night permitted not from her compassion but her base policy to drink his wine unmingled with the baleful poison yet bitterly she regretted what she felt to be so necessary an intermission end of chapter twenty two recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c